Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, and Wildflower Golf Course. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. You know it's spring when the snow has melted. You know it's spring when the street cleaners are out. And, of course, the Final Four is in session. Major League Baseball has started. The Masters is right around the corner. However, you really know it's spring, Greg McCullough, when the golf show with Jeff Kopak, sponsored by Michelob Ultra, is off and running. We are off and running our first show. Glad to be with you on 740 The Fan. It's a, it's a great time of the year because the winter is behind us, and I got one of my fellow professionals who's been with this show since day one, which what I believe it's like 15, 16 years now. But uh, welcome, Greg McCullough, the head professional at Edgewood. How are you? Thanks, Jeff. I knew you were big time when I saw it scrolling on the bottom of ESPN. Yeah, today. I didn't that know is that. Big time. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It, I'm impressed. I, I I saw your agent had to let me in the door, and, and <laughs> you know I had to go through a whole protocol of stuff before I could come in here. So I know you're big time now. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming in. And uh, let's start with Edgewood. And when you open up a course, Greg, where do you start? I mean, you just don't, like, open up the door and say, let's go. What has to happen? Yeah, I mean, there's multiple things. Obviously, on the outside is is probably the the area that, that needs to be done first. So Jason Spitzner, our superintendent's done, all the superintendents, uh, you know, within the Fargo Park District have done a nice job. You know, one of their keys is obviously where is the frost, how, how wet is it. Um, and once that frost kind of gets below the level of the roots, and, and this is him trying to teach an old golf pro something, yep. um, at least then they know that it's not going to shear the root off, or if the if the blade itself shears off, then then the blade or the blade won't die. So yep. frost is a big thing, and for us, obviously, we have some pretty good tree coverage. So sometimes it opens up a little slower than maybe some, but we opened a week ago, and, and yeah, we're in really good shape, and we're hopping. You know, now is the time to golf, I think, if you're a little wayward, because Edgewood has a beautiful tree-lined course. It's just the shrubbery and the trees and the signature trees are just uh, so special to, to the golfers there. Golf now, right? Because there's no tree, there's no leaves. Perfect. Yeah, it's kind of open. You can actually yeah. see between the holes or see <laughs> where your ball is. So, you know, with the weather forecast, obviously this, you know, today and on forward yep. um, is pretty good. So, you know, we look for a good start. And there's not many times that we get open before opening day baseball. So we know we're in a good shape. Yeah, how often do you think that happens? If you were to guess, and you've been there, this is what, your 79th year? I forgot. It sure feels like it, yeah. Jeff. Uh, 22 going 22. on 115. So would you say half the time you're open around now? You know, we average kind of April 10th. 10th to the 15th. We've been open in March two other times, 2012 and 2016. Mm-hmm. So a March opening um, is a little unusual. And normally what happens is we get open in March and then we have some snow. You know, we could use some moisture. I hate to say that. We could use some moisture, but, you know, we look forward to a great start. You know, I'll never forget 
back in 2009 when you're on my show and we were in the studio and there was a forecast from Wapiton, I think, of eight inches of rain and it came over in the in the news between segments. I looked at your face and went, "Oh my goodness!" Right? Those times you just how do you deal with those those situations? Well, it's one of those things. We're lucky we have a system, you know, where we have five facilities that we can kind of push people to different places. That you know, that's a big thing. And and everybody's so supportive. Fargo Parks has done a great job of of trying to mitigate obviously what goes on at Edgewood. But at every facility, um, you know, we're pretty lucky in that fact. And when that happens, obviously it's it's devastating. But we at least know we have options to play golf at other facilities. Let's circle back to one year ago before we look ahead to this summer. And a year ago, of course, the pandemic was hitting. We were in the verge of a shutdown here, worried about everything. And golf was certainly one of those things that you just wondered if you're going to be able to play. As it turned out, a great year. Yeah, fantastic. Again, just like you said, we sat here doing this show and we really weren't we really didn't know what was next. And now we've kind of learned a lot of things last year for golf for the golf industry was just gangbusters. Obviously, it's outside, which is a cute, which is a huge thing. People can yep. do it outside, you know. So we actually, the industry in general, just took like probably a 20 percent increase on what's going on. I think as we go through this, we're seeing a similar start mm-hmm. um, to our end. You'll see similar things happening around the facilities as you did before, um, but we look, you know, again. People are people are looking to do stuff outside. Got back in the game. Hopefully, they stay in the game. And there's still enough restrictions out there that maybe they can't 100% do everything they could before. So you know, hopefully, we look for another good year. Are there restrictions still this year as we get going? You know, we're we're we've obviously lessened them some. Obviously, we're following CDC guidelines and and what goes on in our state. Um, but you'll see some similarities, you know, obviously social distancing, we, mm-hmm. we love that. We are doing a little bit of cleaning inside for sure. We're not going to be necessarily doing a lot outside cleaning this time. But I think we, we're kind of starting where we ended, and then we'll kind of go from there based on what happens. I would argue that golf was almost a, a break from the reality of the virus last year. We were able to go outside. You could play with a couple friends you knew that maybe you isolated with. It was almost a a little bit of normalcy in a in a summer that just wasn't normal. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. That's that's very well stated. We could maybe you couldn't go out and see somebody or couldn't get into a facility somewhere inside to see somebody, but because golf is outside and we live in the state we live in, we were able to do some things and we were able to play golf. Let's talk about the Fargo Public Courses in general. Edgewood is one of the several public courses, and I believe everybody is going to be open this weekend? Uh, yep. yep. Everybody will be open. All the driving ranges are open. Um, again, it's a, it's an awesome start. Um, the the nine-holers opened yesterday, Friday, and um, you know the weather forecast is good, and people seem to be excited to get out and play. And, the, and again, you know we're weather-related a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I think everybody's going to be gangbusters. Something for everyone, right? Let's uh, start with Oscar. Good. What do you like about Osgood? Osgood is amazing. What a great learning facility. Lisa Schwinden, the PGA professional there, does an unbelievable job with programming and lessons and all that great stuff and leagues. Nine-hole facility plus three practice holes plus a driving range. It's uh, very big. Um, it's it's just been a great addition to what we have going. Greg McCullough is head professional at Edgewood Golf Course in North Fargo, part of the Fargo Public School or Public Schools Fargo Public Courses. The system, a great, great community has, has a variety of courses. I learned at Alzago. 
growing up. Yeah, you know, El Zagel is a great place to learn. Obviously, we're in year four of the new facility there. It's a short par three course. There is no bunkers. There mm-hmm. are no hazards. Um, it's pretty player friendly. Big tee boxes, big greens, and it's a you know you have multiple facets there: families, good players, beginners, all that stuff. Rose Creek, it's grown up. Rose Creek is maturing. Yeah, tree line. You know, when it first was open, it wasn't a lot of trees. They were pretty small. Now it's becoming you know a pretty mature tree line golf course. And I thought I got better at golf when at Prairiewood, I was finally able to green it on number nine. Yes. As a kid, remember exactly. <laughs> a kid, oh, that looked sure. like that looked like the the seventeenth at you know some TBC course where you know it's all over water. It's, it's so intimidating. Yeah, you know it's sometimes Prairiewood gets forgotten a little bit because it is you know an older par three golf course, still very good. Again, very mature now after so many years. Uh, great neighborhood, uh, the Prairiewood neighborhood, um, kind of tucked back in there. So it's a great opportunity again to play nine holes. 22 years in the business. Have you changed over the years, Greg? I mean, have you, as far as teaching, um, how, is it, how has the business changed in your mind? You know, I, I, that, that is a very good question. I believe that, you know, technology has kind of really changed what we do and what we see and how we kind of do it. Mm-hmm. We still have same fundamentals that we've always had. Yep. Um, there's always the greatest, newest thing. And, and, and obviously, I think what's happened is the technology has kind of taught us some things that maybe we thought were different um, than they actually are. So, you know, we still do a lot of the same things, but we're able to show it on a video, show it on our phone, uh, learn more things, you know, club fitting with, you know, some launch monitors, things like that. So the technology part of it obviously gets better every year. And that's something that, you know, we try to use when we can. For an old guy like me, it kind of takes me a little while, but we're getting there. Do you use video? Yeah. So yeah. one of the one of the great things about your phone is it can do anything, yeah. you know. And there's there's apps out there, and I use an app that was five dollars, um, yeah. and it does a really nice job. The te- the phones, like I said, are really great with their clarity and things like that. So, uh, yep, technology's big. This is, I think, uh, the biggest thing, especially this time of the year, is if you're not sure what to do, take some lessons now. Don't wait till August. I just eliminate the bad habits when you can. Yeah, I think, yeah. again, going back to that technology, when you can start to see what's happening in your swing because you can't see it while you're doing it or yeah. feel it while we're doing it, the feel and the actual are probably two different things. The technology has helped. Springtime is, is great. You know, we've been sitting somewhat behind whatever laying down for the last five months. If I would give anybody any advice, we talk about this, you know, try to get your body somewhat accustomed to what you're going to do and, and stretch out your shoulders if you can, your hamstrings if you can, and, and try to, before you go out and play it for the first time, and I know it's hard, try to get your body a little bit more relaxed and you're st- that'll help you in the long run. For somebody out there that's driving around and thinking about picking up the game of golf, we can't assume everybody's a eight handicap because most people are not well average score is like 110 yeah that's an average score that's a 30 handicap or more so if you're thinking about picking up a club or just getting into the game what what should he or she do so if you want to do it you have to kind of figure out what may be a budget that you have i mean if you're going to get clubs or not get clubs if you want to kind of learn it in a lesson form lesson you know those are those are great especially when you start so you kind of get to understand what and where and how and why um you can 
you know, golf is not super cheap. It's it's fairly expensive. So I think one of the things that some people think that they do have to spend a lot of money, they don't necessarily. Um, but come up with a budget for clubs if you want to do it. You don't have to spend, like I said, that much. You know, you don't have to spend a thousand dollars to get into the game. And and sometimes you know the facilities. You know, we'll rent, we're not doing it now, but eventually, hopefully, we get back to where we can rent you some clubs to use on the driving range, things like that that'll kind of help you out. Sir, and don't get frustrated. Well, it's it's if you do get frustrated easily, you have to kind of be a little patient there yeah. because golf is it's not hard to make contact with the ball, but but getting the fact that you can hit it in a certain direction at a certain distance takes a little practice. Greg McCullough is the guest. This is the golf show with Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break when we come back. Some more tips from the head professional at Edgewood, including what to do the first time you pick up a club this spring. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak. The guest is Greg McCall, the head professional at Edgewood for the last 22 years and a regular guest of this show since day one. Appreciate your time, Greg, over the years. It's been fun having you. Uh, this is a this is great because you get to talk with different people. People out there get to listen to different uh, instructors. If you, if you want a little instruction, you also get updates on local golf courses, leagues, and uh, it's it's kind of cool to listen to. I know I listen to it all the time. All the other people, what they're doing, you know, what events they may have, how their facility is. So mm-hmm. I think as far as an informational um, show, it does a nice job. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the first round of the year, or maybe you probably shouldn't go to the first round of the year, maybe go to the driving range for a little bit. And I'll say this, I hang around the gym and I try to stay active and all those things. It never fails. First round of the year, the next day I feel like I was in a prize fight or something. It, it is interesting no matter what you do, and, and you can be physically fit and you can do a lot of stuff in the gym, but we use a lot of different muscles in the golf swing. So, you know, after that first day, you prob- you know, your feet may or your golf shoes may or not fit maybe the way you want them to. Yeah. You know, the, your golf clubs will seem very foreign in your hands, and it's very normal to feel really tight uh, after you play. And again, it's always nice to, if you just get, try to get your body used to it somehow, any kind of stretching you do is a good thing. You get to the range, what do you do? What's what's a method of, uh, of protocol here for working yourself into some somewhat of a golf shape anyway? You know, if players would at least make, some practice swings before they hit a ball that would be great <laughs> that would help um if they would maybe even again make five swings um with fi- five or ten swings with some kind of golf club if they're not going to go through all of them mm-hmm. uh put the ball on a golf tee because that will help you it's it's a little bit easier to hit off the tee and once you kind of feel like you can move your body and your body's not going to reject you you know then all of a sudden we know what's going to happen most of the time, people get onto the driving range, they put their bag down, they take their tee, and they grab their longest club, and they try to whack it. And, and we understand why they do that, but at least give your body somewhat of an opportunity to get loosened up. Mentally, I know you, as you're swinging and you're sitting there on the range and you're trying to remember how to swing the club, thinking mentally, because Larry Murphy once told me that he thinks there's only two things you can think about in a swing because it's so quick. Does that make sense to you? Like, okay, I want to keep my left arm straight or I want to 
rotate my shoulders. You can't think the whole swing through no, at one time. No, if, if you've got a ball in front of you yeah. and you're trying to think of actually more than one thing, one thing. you're only going to do one thing. And if okay. you do give yourself a list of things to do, your brain and your body is going to do whatever you told it to last. <laughs> so if you got a list of 10 things, whatever that 10 thing is, that's what it's going to do. So try to get that down to one. You know, In this time of year, it could be just, you know what, I'm just going to make, I'm going to try to make contact and I'm going to finish in balance. Follow through. That's me. I, it's like follow through. Follow, God dang it, would you follow through? Some, I mean, sometimes it's hard, though, because you know your body is just reacting to what's happened earlier in your swing. So if you can't make a follow through, I wouldn't necessarily think about that. I would think of maybe before that. What is happening in your motion that makes it where you can't really make that follow through? Getting as far as the number of clubs or you're on the range, probably start with the wedges. If you want to give yourself a kind of a, a somewhat of a slow type of let's get used to this, put it on a tee, mm-hmm. grab a wedge, make some not 100% swings, and then once you start to feel like your body can make a little harder swing, make a little harder swing, and there's not again, don't be afraid to put it on a tee to start because that area between your your eyes and where the ground is, you haven't done this for seven months. Sometimes it takes a little bit. You know, Jack Michaels probably does it perfectly right away. Yeah, well, the, we're not rest, all Jack Michaels. The, the rest yeah. of us, you know, we need a little time to get used to it. We're not all athletic like that. That's exactly right. That's a good tip, though, putting the tee in a save on the turf because, you know, those first few swings, you're probably going to take a half turf. Who knows? I mean, well, here's one thing I will say about our facilities right now because it's March yeah. or April, just start of April. We are not getting any kind of recovery on our facilities at all. Mm-hmm. Driving range tee boxes, you know what? They're going to be really beat up. So whatever you can do to help the superintendents and us out, keep that for a little while is great because until, you know, probably that soil temperature gets 45, 50 degrees, there's no recovery going on. And you're going to see some, you know, lingering effects of what we had last year. We were so busy last year that you're going to be able to look around and and again, we played so late into the year last year, there's no recovery. So, you know, please, if you possibly can, do the things that you need to do to help out your golf course. Greg McCullough is a head professional at Edgewood in North Fargo. Course is open for business. Take advantage. The course, not everybody knows about the Edgewood and over the years, the changes and the renovations. So let's just go back to the last renovation because I think that was so important to the course as far as flood mitigation and things like that. So give us a little a little two-second overview of, of what you of what you guys did i mean the big the biggest thing is on holes you know two three and four we made it where the where the really again we've always said this in our show we're on the water's on later off sooner so we did some things so at, mm-hmm. before at 18 feet we would flood we would lose a hole now it's got to be about 24 feet before we start to in you know lose certain places on the golf course yeah. so that six feet makes a big difference now Hopefully, knock on wood, knock on Formica, you know, this year we're probably going to be a little bit the other direction. Um, but but that was, in my opinion, was a huge deal for us because instead yeah. of being shut down at 18 feet, which is absolutely nothing, um, now we kind of have some issues not till 24 feet. So, you know, we've done some things. We don't have anything necessarily on our books right now, which is actually kind it's of good, good. Yeah. it is very good yeah i mean we're always trying to do little things to make us better but nothing nothing where we necessarily have to take something out of play quite yet last thing you did was reroute a couple holes 
six is, or six is now yeah, nine. We, yeah. yeah, we you know last year because of some safety concerns and the way people were making rotations around the golf course, you know our old six, seven, eight, nine, we kind of rotated those around a little bit. So now you end on what used to be hole twelve. Right now, that's hole nine, and nine and ten are pretty close. So yeah, I, I think that's a better option for us. Hole three was my hole-in-one, and I would argue because of that it should be the signature hole, but I guess it's still number 10. Well, you know what, though? You're it, number three with that. With it's the, a beauty. It is a it is a gorgeous golf hole, and it's got a huge oak tree up on the right. Um, I think as long as that tree is still viable, I, I think there's some uh, is there, is there Oh, is there, there. some, uh, some controversy momen- going here? Well, there's some momentum there that people maybe like that hole, though. The, the tree on... 10 obviously has been there forever, and as we start to get older, people like that tree less and less because they hit it all the time now, <laughs> like me. That's right. Uh, the The back nine is, you did some work on number 18, which, how is that holding, I guess, because the river is coming into it. How is 18 holding? So it's going to be interesting this year with as dry as we are. You know, Edgewood, mm-hmm. normally we worried about wetness. Now we're so dry that we, we have a pretty active fault line that goes around the whole golf course. And one of the reasons that we redid number 18 green is because the fault line was kind of protruding, starting to protrude into the green itself. So yeah. that was why we did that. We moved it over slightly. Um, that has been pretty good. There's, there's, you know, obviously we see activity when we have water and it goes down, but we also see a lot of activity like right now when it's super Super duper dry, so it's been really good. It's a it's a nice option for us to have, uh, but we do see some activity all the way around the golf course for us. How many golf balls do they pull out of to the right of one every year out of that pond? Um, that's got to be uh, that's, that's a, a good, magnet. That's a good question. That I, is a magnet. Yeah, I mean. You know, Edgewood is a fader's golf course, but if you hit it too far to the right, you hit it into the water on the front nine a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, again, we we love the five places we have. Obviously, I'm biased towards Edgewood because it is in town, but it feels like it's out of town. It's a tree-lined, mm-hmm. older golf course. You can walk it. Tees and greens are close together. It doesn't have a quote-unquote housing development around it. So we don't see that much anymore, obviously, with the way the game has gone. But we're excited about what's going on. Before I let you go, men's club, one of the best men's clubs around. I mean, they're all good, but this one is is it's unique, isn't it? I mean, with the way it's set up, it is unique um, in the fact that it's not set up where you create your own team and you play with the same people every week. Uh, Edgewood Men's Club, I think it was 1963. Is that when it started? I think so. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's the same age as I am. Um, so you know what? Again, you get to meet a lot of different people, mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. Uh, you don't play with the same people all the time. You make some great friendships all the time. The men's club has been super loyal to the to, to parks, to facility, to us in general. Um, they are off to a gangbuster start. I think um, right now they have over 250 guys signed up. So it's off to a, another good one. Full disclosure: I am a member of Edgewood Men's Club, and that's what I enjoy the most: is just meeting different players. You're an A, B, C, or D. You're, you're categorized by your by your handicap. So don't feel like just because you're a 19 handicap, you have to carry the team or anything. And, and it is what it is. I mean, people expect uh, players of different caliber, which I think is the beauty of it. Yeah, golf can be very intimidating, which is one yeah, of the reasons yeah. why I think people like to play in the same group all the time. This kind of gets into that a little bit. And and one, you know, again, it's all about the people who are involved and the Mm -hmm. people involved are very welcoming and and it doesn't really matter how you play. We always have a good time and we have got a full schedule and uh, we're going to go from there. 
Greg, best of luck this year. Thanks, Jeff. I know it's going to be a great year. Yeah. It just feels like it. Thanks. That's Greg McCall, the head professional at Edgewood. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Michelob Ultra Golf Show on 740 The Fan. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dave Schultz. Where in the heck is Dave Schultz? We're going to find out right after this. Welcome back to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Check it out, 740thefan.com for in your online needs. Again, thanks again for Greg McCullough for joining us in the first half of the show. As we said before we went to break, David Schultz is going to be our guest on the second half of the show. He's kind enough to take a few minutes today to, first of all, I want to get into the hole-in-one show, which is a spectacular hit uh, last year and is back for its second season. But David, A, good morning. How are you? And B, where in the heck are you? What's going on? Good morning. Uh, Thanks for having me on your show. And congratulations on keeping the show going and moving over to 740. Thank you. Thank you. When you reminded me yesterday you changed stations, I kind of uh, laughed with nostalgia because I, I grew up with a guy that changed uh, TV stations, radio stations, <laughs> play-by-play booths, and political parties. So, hey, changes are good. That's right. Uh, but I'm glad, you, glad you're keeping the, uh, the show going. And I know everybody in the golf community loves having it on. And, and again, thanks for having me. I am I'm home. I'm here in Mapleton. Okay. Really excited about the weather that we have right now so I can get on the golf course and practice. I am <clears throat> going to be fully vaccinated soon and be on an airplane pretty soon. We'll leave it on see, Sunday, April 18th for my first Monday qualifier down in Dallas. Why don't you give us a sense of where you've been in the last, uh, oh, I don't know, two, three months? Because I know you gave, you were right in the hunt with qualifying on the Canadian Tour. So why don't you get us up to date on where you're at? Sure, yeah. I took the family, put a, got everybody in a motorhome, and we went down to Arizona, and, and we were there for three weeks, then over to Texas to work with my teacher, and then uh, over to Florida and, and – uh, Worked hard on the game, got the mind back, got the game back, got my body back in shape, and and went to Q School for the Canadian Tour in early March, mm-hmm. and uh, got off to a good start. Had a really poor second round, and and that put me behind the eight ball. So I finished kind of middle of the pack, out of 100. You need to be in the top 25 to catch, uh, you know, Canadian Tour status. So that was one of the ways I was planning to get to the Corn Ferry Tour next year. The the next option is to uh, uh, go through Monday qualifiers and and have uh, get into an event and play well. And then the final option is to get through Q school in the fall. So it was great to get out of town, play golf every single day, get the game back and, and get really mentally focused on this year. And, and I gave it a shot. And I, I, might, I feel like my game's pretty close. I just got to keep grinding at it. Close. What needs to put you over the hump when you say close? I think it's uh, just continue to play. I mean, this is the first year in seven that I've done nothing else but focus on, on playing golf. And it just takes a little bit of time. Tournaments, Monday qualifiers, key schools, it just takes time. But from a, from a game standpoint, I needed to make some changes. I changed my irons. I got into uh, updated irons, Strixon Z, uh, ZX5s. I love them. I hit them well at key school. Mm-hmm. I'm switching up my putter. I'm going to a new Phantom Scotty Cameron uh, Model 5. And then also I got into the new ZX uh, ZX uh, tricks on driver and uh, anybody that I've played with I tell you that that's off the tee is where uh, I need to improve with the driver and and uh, start hitting more fairways and I'm starting to do that with, it, with this driver I've only played a few rounds with it but I've I've been playing really well so I'm excited you know Dave I think before anybody gets any romantic notions that this is just sort of a little fun venture and you're just out there screwing around this sounds like a lot of work man I mean to, to get your game back into shape and, and to, to grind it out day in, day out, what's the motivation here, and how are you doing with that? 
Well, I appreciate you saying that because you know, just kind of made the decision with the family. I just I've told my wife, I said, this is going to be probably the most difficult thing I've ever tried to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at 38 years old and, and uh, trying to get the game back. But I'm like, I'm Jack, man. I'm, I'm super, I'm super all in. We're, we're, we're given 2021 our full go, especially after, I mean, we lost our dads a few years ago. And then last year was just a kind of a, a game changer. I think for everybody, you know, you kind of reflect and you think about where you're at in life and what do you want to do? And, and you know, you when you get that next chance to get out of the house, what uh, what lane are you going to go in? And we decided we're going to go all in with this for this year, give it all we have, and see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's not easy for sure. It's a lot of work, and the good thing is, is I've got some more experience and a little bit more maturity now. And there's fun moments too. I mean, it's fun playing golf, but it's it's a job. There's no doubt. I'm I'm working my tail off to get this done. Was there a moment or two, or a tournament or two, or a round or two where you just said, man, I, I I think I'm getting it. It feels good. This feels good. This is this is why I'm doing this. Have you had those yeah. moments? Yeah, I have. I have. The first round of Q School, I mean, I hadn't played a whole lot of tournaments. I've just been preparing my, heck, my, my tail off and got into the first round of Q School at Mission Inn down there in, uh, in Florida. And I was a couple over through a really tough stretch. Three through seven are a really tough stretch on that course. And I was a couple over through four. And I hung in there, and I birdied nine, and then I and I shot four under on the back to close with a 69 in the first round. So that right there told me, I mean, I'm on the right track. You know, the second round kind of jumped out of nowhere, but you got to learn and improve. And I'm gonna keep practicing, and and I, but I have, I feel the juices flowing. Mm-hmm. I don't have any apprehension over the ball that I may have used to. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling great. It's just a matter of playing tournaments, getting out there, and staying committed, and every single day get better and practice hard and get better. You know, we talked about your return to competitive play last summer. You were talking about your 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 club speed and the launch monitor and that gave you I thought maybe some some promise that you can still hit it with the big boys. Do you still feel that way? Are you seeing those results? Yeah, yeah, I you know, I'm playing with a lot of flat bellies. <laughs> yeah. I, I get to call them flat bellies now. I used to be called I, they're all uh, 25 and under those kids I was playing with at uh, Canadian Turkey School. But yeah, some of those guys, I mean, they grew up with these launch monitors. They're just knocking it out of the park, 340 yards. But I mean, I can move it 310. And I, you know, if mm-hmm. you hit the fairway, you can compete with that distance off the tee. It, my iron game's always really been there. And and uh, short game, I feel very comfortable around the green. So I, I, I'm not doing this next week. I'm not doing it even a month from now. I mean, this is, I got to look at it the entire year and keep building my game and keep gaining momentum and, and get this thing rolling. So it was a good couple couple months to get the game back and get my mind right, and I can't wait to, to tee it up again on uh, April 19th. You know, let's talk about off the course. The family's along for the ride. Now, your oldest daughter, Palmer, correct? Oldest daughter, Palmer, Is, yeah, she, is she old enough old. to understand what's going on? Oh, yeah. Her and, yep. her and Eden are two-year-old. They definitely uh, they definitely know what golf is. They always want to go swing in the backyard, and they kind of think it's neat that they get to see Dad on TV and, and – <laughs> You know, obviously people hitting golf shots and, you know, they get it. They've got their own sets of clubs and it's a lot of fun. Do you think they'll look back someday and go, wow, that was, that was quite the ride. You, you hope that. I hope so. Yep. I hope so. I hope we're just at the beginning of that ride. Yeah. I hope we're just at the beginning of that ride. Yeah. So uh, that was another thing that was great about the trip down there is it was quite a family adventure. We had three kids under the age of five in a motor home, my wife and my, my mother-in-law and it was a blast. We, Sounds we like the Griswolds. We, we learned a lot about our travel. <laughs> that's for sure. After about 150 miles, it got pretty loud in the back and we had to stop. So that was, we were clipping along at 400 miles a day and don't go one mile over that. 
<laughs> we we actually pulled into Florida and it was it was uh we had just hit four thousand miles on our trip and my wife says, Say, you know, uh, in early March when we had home, do you mind if me and the girls fly? <laughs> I said, No problem. Gunner Gunner mock caddies for me in Q school, so Gunner and I brought the motor home back. But yeah, four hundred four four thousand miles was enough for the girls. Is Gunner a good caddy? He's a heck of a hockey player. Gunner's a great caddy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's He's a competitive guy. He's been in the arena, and he's absolutely super passionate for golf. And we we work well together. And uh, he he did a great job at Q School for sure. What's uh what's when you sit here and do some qualifiers? Do you specifically got anything in mind right now? What's next? I do. Right when I got right when we got back from Florida, I booked all my flights and booked everything up because uh, you know the flights are about to go up. So as far as the price goes, and so I have uh, Corn Ferry Monday qualifiers. I have PGA Tour pre qualifiers to get me into their Monday qualifiers. So it's pretty aggressive schedule. I'm I'm either going to be uh, home every week for five days a week to practice, or I'm going to be on the road because I've gotten through a Monday qualifier. So I've got like six Corn Ferry Monday qualifiers and five PGA Tour pre qualifiers. Dave Schultz is the guest on the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 107.3 FM and 7:40 The Fan. Dave, before we take a break. Have you reacquainted yourself with anybody that you were formerly on the tour on, you know, the gateway or whatever tour you're on previously? When I was out there, it's, it's all fresh faces. All <laughs> fresh know, faces. Yeah. All fresh faces. Yeah. I'm the old guy, you know, 38. I think the other, the next oldest guy was 28, but you know, a lot of my buddies who I used to travel with or if they're still playing, they're on the PGA tour. And I've got a couple of buddies that uh, are actually, they do a really good job with, you know, golf media. There's uh former college teammate of mine that uh, Drew Stoltz that does the podcast with Colt, uh, Colt Nost and then mm-hmm. JJ Colleen's a former college teammate of mine and he's like uh, got a cult following on t- Twitter so it's fun following those guys and, and following their success but you know just the guys around here playing again with Josh Persons a bunch at the Borough Country Club and he's still amazing so I mean that's great competition and you know Tom when he went Tom when he is in town yeah, that's pretty much it. We're going to take a break. Dave, of course, is the host of the Hole in One show with Dave Schultz. Just had its first episode last Sunday on WDAY TV. When we come back, more with Dave right after this. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak, sponsored by Michelob Ultra. 107.3 FM, 740 AM on your dial. Dave Schultz is the guest making a return to competitive golf, but he's also on the airwaves known in the last year now as resurrecting one of the all-time iconic shows, TV shows in sports, certainly in the area, and that's the hole-in-one show. David, let's last year a uh, re- resounding success. Did that take you a little by surprise, or were you happy with it? Give us a little review. Well, um, didn't really know what to expect. You know, I, I I figured that there'd be some nostalgia for the folks who would remember Jim Allison doing the hole-in-one show, and and I thought the uh, the big hurdle was to to get the word out to have people watch on 10:35 on Sunday night mm-hmm. this new golf show and and thrilled with the results so much fun to have all the pros on amateur golfers I mean that's reality TV seeing them hit a couple shots on TV and then uh, the, the charity aspect Bell Bank was the title sponsor is the title sponsor we were able to raise over seventeen thousand dollars for charity so you know I feel pe- I feel like people had uh, felt good about tuning in they could be entertained, see some people that they know, hit a couple golf shots on TV, and then also see what charities they're playing for, why it meant, why they're playing for them, and watch some dollars being raised for charity. So I think it was a great year one, and and we're off and running in year two. Did you say seventeen thousand dollars? Man, that's uh, that's yeah, got to make yeah. you feel good. 
It does. It does. And we raised 18, just over 18 in season two. So that's about the, that's about what we'll, depending on how many people hit the green and things like that and make their putts, that's about what we will uh, raise every year. And yeah, no, it feels good. It feels good to write those checks to those charities and, and everybody has a smile on their face. When you got into this, Dave, uh, in the first year, was it a plan to do it multiple years or was it, you're just going to go one year and see how it goes? I wanted to go at least three, okay. uh, at least three, and, and we are guaranteed to do. We've got the Bell Bank signed on to do year three, so we're we're going to continue on, and we've got uh, we're going to film next year's show June thirteenth. Uh, but that was initially my goal, and you do this three years and see how it goes, and if there's demand for it, we'll keep going, and obviously if there's sponsorship and interest, we'll keep going. You know, you brought up your father at the beginning of uh, our segment here. Have you been? I don't know because you've not, you've had no training in, in broadcasting yet. It seems to come so natural. Does it feel like it came natural to you? I think it was just growing up around it. Um, I, maybe the the timing and the cadence cadence of it all. Uh, whether I wanted to or not, I was around it. You know, my <laughs> right. mom was a news anchor. Yep. My father was a sports anchor, and and uh, dad always was really good ad lib. Uh, and I just kind of studied that and watched that and. I guess before doing the show, it was something that I, I felt like I could do, but I, I just wasn't sure. So um, it was fun to be under that pressure. But once once I kind of got through the first couple of segments on the first season, it was just, it was just fun. It, it's a blast. And, you know, I, I love the ad lib part of it. And anything can happen and you got to adjust. I mean, my best buddy, Zach Virtue, was on the show week one. I saw that, yeah. It. Right. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I just I couldn't have – I couldn't – I'm not – you know, that's just a genuine reaction. I was I was laughing with them, not at them. <laughs> you know, and and that that sort of stuff is fun. And um, but as far as the, the TV and you know the delivery and everything, I think it was just being growing up around around my family and around it all the time. Steve Kennedy once told me he goes, "It's not a hosel shank; it's a hosel rocket." Is how we call them. <laughs> <laughs> they go fast. They go. <laughs> They catch your attention because they're in the wrong direction. But, I mean, let, let's be honest here. It's not easy. And you brought this up on the first show last Sunday. When the cameras are rolling, it's just different, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think I put too much on my plate there. <laughs> Open a show and then have to hit a couple shots. But, yeah, no, you – you. Uh, I mean, my, my club head was shaking down there. It was definitely in the first shot. I pulled it left, missed the green. Uh, it is a uh, – it's, it's an amplified feeling, there's no doubt. And – and uh, like I said last year when I was on your show, <laughs> I, you know, I do a little interview with the players before they hit, and half of them don't even want to talk. They're just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I just want to get up there, hit my shots, and get out of here. But it, it's really fun to, to uh, talk to the contestants and see why they're playing for their charity. Now, there is a media segment that's going to run later uh, in the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just to say a local columnist uh, for the local newspaper uh, who was one time a plus handicap, he's fallen a little off, but not much. A very good player. I think he said he had a tough time. The cameras just made it different. I, can you give us a little preview on uh, on Mike McFeely's uh, performance? Well, they all did really. They all did really well under the circumstances. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll just leave it at that. All right. We had uh, we had a uh, a British Open wind. Okay. Okay. We had a British <laughs> Open wind from behind, so. What we needed to do is hit like a, a lofted wedge up into the air, and it was it was a firm firm front of the green, so it wasn't the easiest of shots. But uh, they all did well, and it was really it was really cool. They were good sports to be on the show. Um, the, the, on the tee box, and, and I don't know if it's a camera angle, but there's a tree to the right. It, it looks like it almost comes into play, or is that just a optical illusion? It's a it you know if you teed up on, if you teed up on the right side of the tee box and you have to hit a draw, um, it it might come into play, but. 
it's more of an optical illusion. It's it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's in play at all when you're on the tee. I'm uh, glad the tee box the tee box looks good this year too because we had just started. Yeah, it does look nice. I noticed that. We're le- we're learning as we go and things are growing and and getting better. People don't understand the, all the camera angles and and what goes into it and all the technical aspects. What is the most impressive part of the technical production of this in your mind? Yeah, you're right. It's not easy. Uh, we've got four cameras. And uh, all the guys, the guys in the truck, Stacy and his crew are doing a great job. Jim is doing the production and keep me on time. And uh, you know, it's not easy to to uh, you know, Waltz is up in the in the boom stand or whatever, trying to catch the ball as it comes in. So, and then we, all, then I, I said, hey guys, let's have TrackMan too. So they're doing a great job putting this thing together. It's it's definitely not an easy feat. I would the shot that I love is from right below the player that's looking back up in the player's face. You get that uh, ground impact. You kind of get you know the background. We're all sitting there watching, and then yeah. I also love the react. You know the re- the reaction shot of the player when they when they hit the shot and they're kind of looking at it nervously, seeing what the ball is going to do. Now you brought a belt in the equation here on on Sunday. Yes. And yes. First of all, you need to apologize <laughs> to Eric Peterson, the original owner of the belt, but that's for another that's for another day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's what's the belt? What's that all about? Well, I, I figured, you know what, this is a show that you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy. And I thought, what what else can we bring into the fold that, you know, somebody that has like doesn't like that might not even like golf, but will watch a show for some some odd reason. And just the championship belt was just corny, but hey, you know what? It's it's something that people can win and be proud of of having, and it's a unique trophy, if you will, or a unique uh, thing to to win on a TV show. There's really nothing else like it. There's not a hole in one show belt anywhere else. So let's, let's do that. And actually a friend of mine who does not play golf and not interested, I showed him a little bit of uh, episode one and he goes, Whoa, I want that belt. <laughs> so I said, okay, yes, it's working. He can't stand golf, but he wants that belt. <laughs> so he's going to come and he's going to come try and qualify. Dave Schultz is the guest. This is the golf show with Jeff Kopak on 107.3 FM, 7:40 AM. Before I let you go, David, you did, and you were talking about your broadcasting and, and what you've done with that. You were on a big part of the Play It Forward with Bell Bank last year with Amy Olson, Tom Hoagie, Matt Collin, and Josh Dumel, which was a really bang-up job. It was fun. Let's talk about Amy a little bit here before we go. Yeah. She's right there, isn't she? What do you see oh, in her yeah. game? Second, second place last week. Um, I see a lot of fairways. I don't see any miss, that's for sure. Uh, but she's she's right there. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think her and Tom both they get they get in the winner's circle. It, it, I don't think it's going to be one time. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you keep banging on the door, you get through. It's I think the floodgates will open. There's nothing in their games that isn't ready to win. It's just super difficult to win. Yeah. And I mean, it's super. It's not. It's not easy. I mean, how good is a top five finish on the highest tour in your in your profession. I can't imagine. You know, when, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when we're sitting here talking about them, you know, trying to get a win, let's just, let's appreciate right now, everybody in North Dakota, golf fans, let's appreciate right now that we've got one of the best LPGA players in the world from North Dakota on tour. We've got one of the best PGA players in the world on the PGA tour right now in this moment. Whether they win or not, I mean, it's just awesome that every single week we can tune in and, you know, when you get to the leaderboard in the LPGA Tour or the PGA Tour, we don't have to scroll very far. They're always pretty far up there, and uh, that's pretty incredible. They've dedicated their lives to doing this, and uh, it's really cool to see their success, and I just think they're both going to win if if not this year, then next. I mean, I think it's going to happen soon. 
Well, I couldn't tell you how many times from Thursday to Sunday I get in my phone and I, my PGA app and my LPGA app and check the scores. I just it's it, it's constant. Yeah. It's a, it, it's an addiction for me. I don't know about you, but well, and and you know, really, there's there's hardly any off weeks for them, is there? I mean, when not play, now, they're not starting play. now. Yeah, yep. yep. As far as yeah, the schedule, no. But I mean, even they don't they don't play many golf tournaments while they just have a terrible week. You know, they're always in there. It's gotten to the point where a miscut for one of them is really a aberration. Well, how about Amy? She was six over at her second round and rallied to finish second in the Kia Classic. That's a that's an amazing rally. I don't people I don't think people understand when you talk about keep grinding and keep grinding how good that really is. I mean, that or was that, that was amazing. Yeah, to turn it around like that in any round of golf or any tournament's difficult, but to be sixth over and then turn around and finish second. Um, I mean, that's crushed the field, you know, for the rest of that event after she got to six over. So, you know, it's not easy to turn around when you're not when you when you don't have her. It just shows how mentally tough she is. David, pleasure. Best of luck this summer, this spring. Uh, obviously, we'll be looking um, at your scores and, and the whole in one show every Sunday night, ten thirty five on WDY TV. Thanks, David. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. That's Dave Schultz. A uh, what a great uh, ambassador for golf around here. That'll do it for the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 107.3 FM and 740 The Fan. Again, my thanks to Greg McCullough for joining us in the first half of the show. And a big thanks to the sponsors, Fargo Park District, Forest Hills, Moorhead Parks, and Wildflower Golf Course. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. seen anything like that presented to you by Michelob Ultra also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses Forest Hills Moorhead Parks and Wildflower Golf Course join us next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on the fan 